Hey everyone, it's time for another edition of Beaver Banter. Beaver Sports Talk lives here. It's the Beaver Banter Podcast. I'm CJ Baumgartner, my co-host Ian Rivers. And Ian, a lot of stuff going on around Bemidji State. Yeah. Yeah, quite a few headlines. It's uh, the academic year is rolling to a close here pretty shortly. I think next week is probably the last week there for the academic year. And the athletic year is windling its way down as well. And that is always going to bring more storylines. Um, the first of which, I guess we touched on it quite a bit last week. Uh, women's golf did wrap up their season it was a disappointing, to say the least, 13th out of 13 in the NSIC championships. Um, but like we talked about, a lot to look forward there, a lot to look forward to uh, for that program as they do not have that many upperclassmen on the roster. There's a lot of returning golfers for them. So hopefully the future holds brighter pastures. Yeah, exactly. That's I think they had over a thousand strokes at that tournament and Augustana, the first place finisher, had like 850. So just a little bit of separation between them and uh, and the top of the conference, which is to be expected. But yeah, I mean, the, the bright spot is that you pretty much bring everybody back and the golfers who are seniors weren't necessarily on that. They weren't on that final cutdown of of golfers you bring to the tournament. So so it's at least a positive step forward and something they can kind of use towards towards next year. Yeah, you're right. It's you know, we, we kind of hit it home last week about all the, you know, it's more than just results, but um it it's disappointing uh from the results perspective to say the least this year. And uh hopefully with that uh experience from this year a lot of these younger girls can get in and and provide some more experience next year and and hopefully they can have a little bit more success on the links next season yeah exactly so Ian, what do we got to next up on the uh, on the list of sports here well um let's just touch briefly on men's hockey as we've been making tradition to bring up at least something about the hockey team uh every single season uh, every single week of the season so far since um, like early October yeah the the main thing is the Bemidji State assistant coach Mike Gibbons announced his retirement uh just yesterday actually and um he he played a bigger part on Bemidji State's coaching staff I believe uh back in the day of of coach uh, RH Peters uh and, and he did return I think he's been 3 years now since the covid shortened season uh that he's been back on this coaching staff he had a lot of success with St. Cloud State uh, but he is hanging it up uh it's an assistant coach that Bemidji State is probably going to have to fill that spot um going forward because i think obviously Lucas you need... beaver territory didn't he point out that there's only like two co two assistant coaches on staff or something like that yes um and it's up in the air whether or not they want to use because now there will be a final there's an extra paid assistant job available for schools that want to use it in college hockey and it's up in the air whether Bemidji State's going to be one of those schools because it's completely optional. I mean, mm -hmm. you're going to see every Big Ten school, a lot of NCHC schools that can afford it and have no issue paying another coach. 
they're still going to um, utilize that position. But you'll see it'll be up in the air and I'm sure it'll be something we follow as the as the fall rolls around, uh, whether or not they actually choose to utilize that extra assistant spot for next season. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's it's interesting because you lose the experience and the coaching. But like you mentioned, it's not like he's been around necessarily a lot in the in recent years or in the recent decade ish. But I mean, still having one less coach on staff is going to make the workload a little bit bigger on everybody else. And who do you fill it with? And there's just a little bit of that kind of stuff. Like you said, that there's a there's that internal discussion because Bemidji State doesn't necessarily have the money that a UMD does or that a Minnesota does or a Wisconsin or or anything like that. So It'll be interesting to see if they do want to fill it. I think that they likely will, but it probably won't be like an immediate. It'll be kind of like in the middle of the summer. They'll just be like, oh, hey, by the way, we added this coach to the coaching staff, if anything. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that Coach Gibbons was around for that uh, East Regional Championship game appearance uh, in the 2020-2021 season where they lost to UMass. So he was a part of that team. Uh, the coaching staff on that team that went to the NCAA tournament. And I'm sure even the season before, you know, where they were just about to, or no, I'm sorry. He joined the the team prior to the 2020, 21 season. So he wouldn't have been on the team that was nearly about to make the tournament when they canceled the rest of the season in early March. Uh, but, you know, like you said, experience lost, and hopefully BSU can uh, find a way to plug the hole uh, and get some more experience to help out uh, Sertori on the bench. Yeah, it's going to be huge, especially with this team that we talk about. It's a young team, a team that's trying to mesh together and trying to figure out who they are. I mean, not that necessarily one extra coach can make things worse, but the right coach in that situation or somebody you feel like is good for everybody, whether it's a full-time coach, whether it's an assistant, some kind of like part-time assistant coach, whatever it is, just have being able to have as many resources as possible to help the development of that team, I think will be very important. So it's just, again, I get it. It all comes down to a numbers game, but it'll be intriguing to see how Bemidji state wants to handle this over the summer. Yeah. Yeah. It will be one of the biggest storylines probably for the men's hockey team over the course of the summer, other than um, next week, which we will continue our streak of talking men's hockey, because I'm sure we'll touch on next week. The CCHA schedule is apparently set to drop on Thursday this week. We of course wanted to bring you this. We're recording as of Tuesday um, so that we can get you our thoughts before the softball tournament, which starts tomorrow. uh, That is Wednesday, but we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, So yeah, keep your ear to the ground. Uh, CCHA.com, Twitter, wherever you get your news about that sort of thing. That should be coming out, and we'll give our thoughts on that next week. Yeah, and, you know, I, I just think with all this, uh, is there any other sports that we need to touch on? Probably, probably do, do we have to talk baseball? Well, uh, since you brought it up, let's just touch on what they've done in the past week since we've talked about them. They've only played two games, and it was two games at home against St. Cloud State. Both of them losses, unfortunately. Uh, 5-10 loss in Game 1 and a 4-10 loss in Game 2. I do currently have their live stream pulled up. Well, I did, and it is not loaded anymore. So I'll refresh that page, and I'll get you a live score update. It was 10-1. to uh, we were trailing you, Mary, in game one of this doubleheader that we have going on today. So, uh, again, not not great stuff going on from baseball, but they've only got five games, counting the rest of the game they're currently playing, left for their season. So, yes, mercifully. Next week we can 
kind of put a, a poorly wrapped bow on their season and uh, bring that to a close as they will be completely done as of Friday. They have um, two games on Friday against Minot State at home and then a game on Saturday to wrap up the season. It is still two, uh, 10 to 1 in the bottom of the fourth inning. So hopefully BSU can get something going. Maybe game two will go a little bit better for them. Uh, but, you know, kind of more of the same for the baseball team. And then I guess the only th- other thing to touch on uh, before we dive into the softball tournament preview would be uh, track and just touching on a couple of headlines uh, from their recent meets. Uh, Goodwin and Erickson, those are two names that we recognize. Uh, they both competed in Iowa on Thursday as Goodwin once again breaks the steeplechase record. So a couple of good headlines this year we've seen from the track team, and hopefully as their season winds down, they can continue to make noise. Um, I think they have another couple of meets coming up. Let me just quickly pull that up so I can give them the due credit. Uh, yes, they have a St. Thomas meet in St. Paul that is tomorrow, and then Friday they are in Fargo, North Dakota, and then they will. I'm sure it's probably, um, maybe some individual events, maybe team events, I'm not sure. Um, uh, but NSIC Outdoor Track and Field Championships will be next weeks into weekends so we'll we'll touch on that a little bit more next week maybe if there's anybody going to that from bsu but yeah track uh making some good headlines they've been kind of a i don't want to say a bright spot but they've certainly not been a dark spot for spring sports um they've they've brought some good attention to uh the university yeah and you know the the, the thing about track and field unlike some of the other team sports is that uh you know one individual athlete can make not the necessarily the rest of the team look good, but it can take up a lot of good headlines because there's no traditional, like you don't traditionally quote unquote lose in track and field, uh, you know, as the terms of like just wins and losses, it's more, you know, finishing and your times and, and well, it's that's a very a individualistic sport. Yeah, exactly. So a uh, little bit of that, but Ian, I think, uh, I think let's move into softball here if you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about last week how we had six games left in the regular season, and I said we'd probably need to go four and two to get into the tournament. We did go four and two. I don't actually think that would have been what it took to get in. Southwest Minnesota State did have quite a poor end of their season. They had six games to end their season. They went one and five, including on Sunday getting swept by Minnesota Crookston, who finished in 15th in the conference uh, with 18 wins on the season. So not a good end to the season for SMSU. Um, but that's part of the reason BSU got in um, and they could have afforded to lose a couple more games if they would have, and they still probably would have been in the field um, because of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So four and two, they are in 10th place uh, because Concordia St. Paul split their last two games of the season against Minot. So Concordia, uh, after game one, they lost. And so BSU was still in ninth. And then they won. Concordia jumped them going into the ninth spot. So BSU, uh, their first game will be against Minot State, who I believe we have played once on the season, CJ. Yeah, back in February. So pretty much take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, The only other in-conference 
meeting we would have had for them uh, with them was canceled. That was supposed to be on April 4th. So it's been a long time since we played uh, the Beavers from Minot. It's a Beaver bash. That's always, you know, going to be a game you get up for. But I think in the grand scheme of things, being in the 10th spot might help BSU. You know, you play... You play a little bit of a tougher opponent, if you want to call them that, in Minot State over playing maybe a team like USF, who would have been your first round matchup and a team you just split with here late in the season. But now if you win that first game, you go up against uh, the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs as opposed to Augustana who won the conference outright. Now, of course, those are two teams that are very close together in terms of where they finished in the standings, but you have a win against one of those teams and against the other team, you have a two to 11 loss and an 05 loss. So, you know, we've, we've definitely lost more than we've won against Duluth this year, but you still have that win. Um, and then an extra innings loss the last time they played in early mid-April. So I think that that's a decent second round matchup because at least you have some sort of a semblance of, hey, we can beat these this team. You know, we've done it before. Why not do it again? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's the thing is that you play them tough and you're not necessarily guaranteed to win, but you are guaranteed to put yourselves in a position to win late in the game. And that's really when you're the 10 seed, all you're hoping is that by the end of the game, no matter what's happening, that you're in a position to win, whether that be you're down by a run up by a run, whatever, like you're within striking distance. You feel like you still have a chance to win. And that's exactly what they have a chance of doing. And of course, you know, as we talked about, they've only played once and that was back in February and just by the sake of it being on now two and a half months away uh, from that point, both teams are a little bit different. They've probably shuffled up lineups. They've shuffled up who goes where, who's the first pitcher in the substitution, whatever. Uh, So it's going to be a little bit of a different look. And that element of surprise might play into Bemidji state's hand of that. They're the underdogs they're going in and Minot's the team that has to try and win this. So I think overall, it's a good opportunity for Bemidji state who, by the way, As we talked about a little bit last week, uh, it's a building block in kind of where this program wanted to get to. Bemidji State hasn't made the NSIC tournament since 2017. So for them to get back here in this position, by the way, the last time they were in the tournament, they uh, lost in their chance to get to the championship game. So they had an opportunity to do really, really well in the tournament the last time they were here. Now, that was six years ago. It's almost an entirely new roster. It is an entirely new roster, but... Still, a good opportunity for Bemidji State to come in and make some noise here because whatever, you got into the tournament. You already met your expectations. Now whatever you do is house money at this point. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's been such a good year for for teams like that that haven't been doing things in so long. You talk about all of the obstacles that BSU has jumped this year. I mean, look at the back-to-back wins in back-to-back seasons for the football team over uh, Minnesota Duluth. That's got to be the first time in a long time they've done that. Um, I I think it was like 17 years or something like that. I could be wrong. Um, But soccer winning their first ever NSIC tournament championship, uh, the men's basketball team getting back to the NSIC tournament 
and then getting to the semifinal of that tournament. Softball's making their first NSIC tournament appearance since 2017. Men's golf is conference champs for the first time since 2000. It's been a fantastic season for a lot of these programs. Um, and then, you know, not to mention men's hockey sweeping Mankato, uh, probably one of the bright spots of their season uh, for the first time in Mankato um, since 2006, I believe was the headline. Um, so it's been a really good season. And we talked about it a little bit last week, how this team was an 11 win team last year. Now they're sitting at what 23 and 25, which is two games under 500, but still you're in a position where you are in the NSIC tournament. You over doubled your win total from last season. That is just a phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, season to build on, uh, for the softball team going forward. Yeah, exactly. And now, now it moves into the tournament a little bit here. So we have to figure out, okay, what are they going to have to do to get the win? Well, obviously you're going to have to pitch well. And luckily for Bemidji State, uh, Kayla Damaro has been having herself a great week uh, uh, when she was on the rubber pitching. She had two complete game shutouts with uh, uh, on the season and only gave up two runs through 23 in it uh, through 23 innings. Uh, a good stretch for her and. I mean, obviously, it's the same kind of thing that translates in hockey with pitching. You know, your team can be as good as it wants, but if you find a pitcher who's just dealing, who you can't get any good contact against, there's really not much you can do. And that's really what can put Bemidji State in a position to win is they're going to have to pitch well, and they're going to have to really keep the scoring. They're going to have to keep uh, the runs down and try and eke out some of these ball games. They're not going to come in and bruise and win 7-1 or something like that. It's going to have to be kind of that nitty-gritty by the skin in your teeth kind of game and i think it's possible yeah absolutely it's possible and i think looking at the schedule bsu will play guaranteed two games tomorrow yeah, double it looks like yeah yep and so because of the fact that they are one of the if you want to call it the play-in games um with the 7-10 matchup with the other beavers from minot they'll play at 10 a.m. I'm assuming there's two fields in Rochester that they'll be using. Yeah, it's probably like every, a complex is what I'm guessing. Yeah, every every uh, first pitch start time, whatever you want to call it, is two games. There's two games at 10, two games at noon, two games at 2, and then from there you are looking at uh, some of the losers bracket. Um, so I believe two teams will play their final games of the season tomorrow. Um, depending, I mean, there's probably going to be some teams like if, if Duluth loses both games right in a row, they probably will still make the NCAA tournament or whatever they'll happen. But yeah, it's a 10 AM and then it will be 2 PM if they win and advance to play the Bulldogs. So 10 AM, uh, first first game against the Beavers, and then we'll go from there. And guess what, man? I've had my schedule at work rearranged recently. Tuesday is no longer my day off. It is now Wednesday, so I will have all day to sit back and follow this tournament. And uh, hopefully the Beavers can get at least two days of games in. You know, win one of your games tomorrow, whether that be um, winning the first game or surviving in the loser's bracket, uh, whatever it's got to be, um, that would be pretty darn cool. Um, and if you're if you're looking for a uh, rooting guide, I guess, if you want to call it that, uh, it depends on what the Beavers do. If they lose their first game, then you're going to want the better teams to win most of the games because it's going to force some of the <laughs> easier competition. Um, into the loser's bracket. And let's face it, I mean, I don't think anybody expects the Beaver softball team to win this tournament. So 
uh, the, the old mindset of, well, you got to play the best to be the best. And I don't really care about that. I want to play some cupcakes. I want to win as many games as possible. Um, and of course, if the Beavers win their first game and if they keep winning, you're obviously going to root for upsets uh, so that you can potentially keep getting those upsets and going deeper in the tournament. But either way, um, I like their chances to win the first game. And against UMD, we'll see. I mean, maybe that thought creeps into the back of their mind. And if the bats aren't working early for the Bulldogs, anything goes, I guess, after a couple innings of that. And uh, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned that uh, you mentioned the pitching a little bit. And it's really, I think, going to be a pitcher's duel in that game against Minot State, uh, because when you look at the Beavers, the Minot State Beavers, uh, they're led by a trio of starting pitchers. So they have that pitching depth in Regan Floyd, who has a ERA of three and a half, Callie Olson, who has an ERA of 3.9, and Kiera Fournier, who has a four and a half earned run average, which is how many runs you would give up over a, a nine inning game. Uh, I believe is how, although softball only goes seven innings, so I'm not sure if that's adjusted. For score, either way, that's still a uh, nice numbers, especially considering uh, that for Bemidji State, uh, Kyla Damaro and Stella Dolan are the first pitching duo for Bemidji State since 2016 to record double-digit wins. Uh, Damaro had an ERA of 3.26 and pitched 13 complete games. Dolan has a four and a half ERA with 11 complete games, one shutout, one save. So. It's going to be a pitcher's duel, at least kind of on paper. When you look at Minot State, their leading hitter is a freshman in Paige Kellogg. She has a 333 batting average. Junior Gabby Adoduk is right behind her at 330. Uh, so again, that's uh, something to keep in mind. This is probably going, to, and now I say this and it's going to end like 9-7 or something like that. But this is going to be, I think on paper, it looks like it's going to shape up to be a bit of a low scoring game. And another factor to keep in here, of course, with Coach Peterson and Bemidji State, it's her first go around in the NSIC tournament, her second season at the helm of the Beavers. But then on the other side for the Minot State Beavers, Coach Bailey Gasper is in her first season as head coach. So both these two ladies are going to be going at it in their first games in the NSIC tournament. So it'll be interesting to see how that stacks up because sometimes coaches have a tendency to out, out coach themselves more than anything. Think that the, maybe they need to do something in this moment and maybe overplay themselves or maybe get too lax. I don't quite know, but we'll see what the Beavers want to do. Uh, either Beaver, I guess, but those are just a few kind of notes to match up with each of these teams. But again, I, it's a 7-10 matchup. There's no reason why. I mean, Minot State had 29 wins, Bemidji State had 23. There's no reason why Bemidji State can't go in and win this game and advance to the second round. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's not gonna be a cakewalk. I mean, even though we're in a in a, in a play-in game, this we're in the play-in game too. You know, it's it's not not going to be an easy matchup from here on out. You're going to be the lower seed. You're going to be the underdog. So I, I I look for them to at least win one game and, and hopefully they can build off something, whether that's the first game against Minot State or if they lose that game, get into the loser's bracket and start making a rally. Um, just, you know, like I said, your goal should be to survive until the second day of the tournament and go from there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. Like just keep extend your season, which is pretty much the biggest cry to some of these coaches when they want their players to play. It's like, Hey, do you want to keep, like, if we want to keep playing, we got to keep winning. So everybody be on your toes, be sharp, do all this kind of stuff or otherwise we're done. And for some of these people, it doesn't matter because they'll be back for the next season. And theoretically things are going to get better. But if you're somebody uh, for Bemidji state, like a, uh, like a Elena Christensen, I mean, you're somebody who's playing in your last game. You're a fifth year senior. You're trying to extend, you know, I mean, you're trying to extend your career. Uh, I was about to say season, but you're trying to extend your career at that point. And one other note on Elena Christensen, uh, she played over the weekend in her 194th game as a member of Bemidji state. She's a fifth year senior. Um, and she leads the program in games played and looks to add to that number in the NSIC, uh, in the NSIC softball tournament. So again, uh, freshman in 2019 or 2018, I believe 2018, I believe is how that math would work out in the fall of 2018 as a freshman, get the four years plus a COVID year thrown in there because of 2020, but that's still remarkable considering that, they really didn't have much of a season in 2020 before things got shut down. So again, that's a testament to her. She There's an interview with uh, her talking on the Bemidji State Twitter feed and YouTube page. So go check that out. Uh, you know, basically just has this thing of wanting to leave the program in a better place than when she got there. And certainly the program is in a better spot than when she got there. So um, it's a really cool interview. Go check it out if you have time, but just uh, it's a cool achievement for her. And we can shout that out a little bit. Yeah, you're right. And I think no matter what happens, uh, unless they win this tournament uh, by God's graces, somehow um, their season will likely come to an end this weekend. You know, even if they're still playing, uh, for some reason, all the way to Saturday, which would be awesome. And we obviously encourage that. Um, and I'm sure that the NSR, the NCAA tournament works probably similarly to basketball, hockey, where it's kind of an automatic qualifier. They need to get the auto bid, yeah. Yeah, they, they need to get the auto bid. And, and that would be the only way I think that you could possibly see their season extended past this weekend. Um, and so... I'm not expecting that to happen. Obviously, it would be very, very cool to see um, some sort of magical Cinderella run. But either way, um, next week we'll be obviously back here to touch on the end of the baseball and softball seasons. Like we said, we got a hockey. Uh, the hockey schedule is going to be coming out. So we'll have a show for you next week that's rivaling some of the best that we've done this season, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. So another great weekend, another great week to be a beaver. Things are finally starting to look nice out there. And you know what? We're starting to to feel pretty good about the softball team as they get ready to head into this weekend. So best of luck to them. And hopefully you guys are listening to this as you're watching the softball game or, or getting an update on it or, or something like that. So we appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you next week.